0: Welcome back to the Conserving Christianity podcast. It is awesome to be back here. As you can see, my headset is a bit strangely offset on my head. Um, that's a technical issue, which we <laughs> is kind of hard to explain at the moment. Um, but we're going to roll with it. So there's your reason. You can wonder as to the reasons behind the reason for the rest of the podcast. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. You'll find out. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about it. Twitter handle there. <laughs> Oh, you're going to talk about it? You're going to bore the viewers with the technical nonsense?
1: No, nah, it's real easy. I'm just, you know, right, double sending that. some audio and, uh, you know, then I had to pan it and uh, now they can, you know, figure out from there.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Lacey, did you understand <laughs> what he said? No. Okay. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> it's okay. It's Okay. Anyways, I don't know if Lacey, are you doing the same thing? You've know, got the ha- headset half off.
2: Well, I messed with the, I messed with stuff and I, yeah, <laughs> I'm here in double. Actually, I think that might work. I don't
0: You're making know. me curious now. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> just, well, you know what? It doesn't just matter. just it off. <laughs> All right. Yep. It, it works. It works. Anyways, 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 uh, today in terms of podcast, we've got we've got some good stuff to go over. Um, one of the things that we're going to be ending with our main topic for today, actually, um, the moment Anthony saw it, he was like, you're kidding me, right? I'm reading a book on this right now. We can't wait till the book's done. Well, we're going to talk about he it.
1: He knew that I was
0: reading this book. That's what,
1: you know, kind of irritated I me the most. I forgot.
0: I forgot <laughs> that you were reading the book. But the moment you mentioned it and I was like, wait a minute, I scrolled up in the chat and I saw it and I went, oh, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: Scrolling up in I the chat, like it. three chat lines.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very far. We also, one of the things we're talking about today is, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Anthony, Anthony will choose not to be triggered by it because as easy, Anthony, he's going to just be like, Oh, whatever. I don't care. But I don't know. We're talking about electric vehicles today. A mm-hmm. little bit more, not too much more. So on the business side of things than the actual like, environmental or technical side of things. So, We'll we'll get into that. We've got a couple other things too, which are which are going to be good. Um, the scripture for today, and continuing our series through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's a again, it's a good one. Like S- Sermon on the Mount is a wonderful thing to take in chunks and just digest. It is it is awesome. It's phenomenal. Fun fun Bible trivia for those who are interested. Um, which is the longest sermon? in scripture what sermon is the longest sermon in scripture
1: is that a question to us or like it's a, a question
0: to you. so it was kind of to both so if you guys answered then i would have like you know asked for more answers but you know if you guys didn't answer i would have said it because there would have been the awkward silence and i would have had to fill it with something um
1: uh i feel like i should know this When you say longest, what do you mean by that?
0: I'm gonna like ask that longest, like longest, like, like if you took f- like it's fully of it and-
1: re- like recorded in scripture or like just one
0: that's been mentioned. We'll say fully recorded because yeah, you could you because yeah, I was go gonna go, to go with Testament Paul find some where, things.
1: No, I was gonna say Paul when he went so long and so boring that the the one kid fell fell out of the window and died. And then oh, they like carried him back to
0: life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could say, but no. So, like, actually recorded in a scripture.
1: Oh, man. That's, that's a. Lacey, do you got anything?
2: I'm going to take a wild guess, even though I probably don't know. But the Sermon on the Mount.
1: No. I, I don't, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't think it's the Sermon on the Mount. Actually. I know that one's long because that's like three chapters or something like that. Uh huh. But. I'm going to, I feel like it's probably like somewhere in the Old Testament.
0: Nope. No, it's a New Testament.
1: Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have All like right. a hundred percent guarantee that my answer is correct. But as I'm searching through my mind, I'm like, yeah, this is the longest one that I know of. And it's kind of hard to beat. So, and you may not be able to find me, you may not be able to Google it either because it's not, this is not common knowledge. And then he's like, what are you talking I, about? I, I just uh, Googled it. <laughs> so the answer is actually the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark was originally written as an oratory. Um, it, was a, it was, or, or, or whatever it would be called. It's technically written to be a sermon, to be read as a sermon to people.
1: You can say that about a lot of books in the Bible. <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> like I could. Most but all the, the of the Gospel New of Mark... Testament
1: was all just say, "Hey, this is a reading from Paul." You know, like that—that that was what it was supposed to be.
0: <laughs> well, but it wasn't designed as necessarily as a sermon. Mark was
1: no, like according to like Romans was was a sermon
0: basically that was literally written written to Rome from
1: Paul. <laughs> Same, yes, with the, no. same with the same yes, with the Corinthians no. to the to the, yes, the city of yes, Corinth. Yes but no.
0: <laughs> yes but no. They weren't structured that way. There is a very particular structure with with sermons, and traditionally it's 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 held that Mark is is a sermon versus I, I mean I haven't done super in-depth studies of, of Romans or stuff like that to get that kind of answer. Um I haven't looked for that kind of answer, if you will. So yes, you could, but As far as I know, the one that was designed like truly specifically as a sermon rather than just a letter would be Mark.
1: The more you know. I don't have that in the. (laughs) Oh, I need. You don't have that in the soundboard? No, I need that in the soundboard. And disappointment. Anyways, I only got a couple in there. I need to get more. Send us a, you know some some requests to put in there so I know what to put in there because I'm just kind of like scrolling through trying to find something I'm like and eh, that's that's not that great and eh, that's okay just go to Vine
0: just just look like try to find <laughs> just, a Vine just find out then...
1: just find a bunch of vines
0: and just have that ready to go exactly
2: yeah
0: <laughs> exactly like that Vine is the well aged version of TikTok where tiktok is just like the you know Look, like the young kid vine is trying is to be the cool well-aged
1: like wine
0: <laughs> no <laughs> it's just the well-aged version of tiktok <laughs> tiktok is, is still not uh Any. Anyway, anyways anyway <laughs> enough 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 said about that how are y'all doing this week anthony are you good Lacey, are you good i'm <laughs> tired that day I'm Lacey, I'm ready. To you're go. good <laughs> ready to go anthony's anthony's just tired i think if i if i pulled anthony at random times in the day and i asked him how you doing i think the answer would be tired or hungry well i mean i i
1: have i feel like i have not fully recovered from my trip to alabama so i i just just a couple of days ago got back from alabama um and i did the entire drive down and back so it was a 10 hour drive down and then 11 hours back um so in in about you know less than 72 hours i did 21 hours just driving there and then i probably did another 3 or 4 hours of driving just in alabama so i'm very much I, recovering from all of that
0: i feel that i did that in september slash october of last year where i drove down to see my then girlfriend now fiance and that's a total of nine hours down like now and that's me taking one stop yeah literally one stop to fill up gas go to the bathroom and that's it so one one stop throughout that all all of that that was i got up at i left around 4 4 30 in the morning that friday and yeah. then i started driving back at 2 p.m. at 3 p.m. Michigan time. If we're doing everything on Eastern time, yes. Um, that next Sunday, I made it back past midnight, and so like within like about sixty sixty hours, it was about eighteen hours of driving. So I feel that,
1: yeah. It, well, and I was rough. I was down there working, so I was at a conference, and yeah, I, I was. Yeah, it was it was a good conference. Just man, I'm 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 still beat from it. So. But if you're ever, uh, you know, looking for a good conference, go to the Grow Conference. It's actually really good.
0: Do it, do it. Anyways, in terms of content for today, let's jump into our current events. We still don't have an intro to that. I've been waiting for that for a long time. Honestly, I but... didn't think about that until like half a second
1: before you said that. I was like, I don't. How do I not have an intro for that? Maybe?
0: <laughs> we. I think I mentioned to you a while ago, and you're Did like, you? Nah. Did you? Yeah, uh, I think I this don't was like a year that. ago. This was probably like a year or something ago. I mentioned it too, you and you're like, "Nah." I was like, "Man," but oh well. Anyway, so current events. Um, we have two days. Hey, today. Lacey, um, you're gonna make us a current
1: event uh, stinger.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Super oh,
2: musical. Wait.
1: What? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh,
0: Never mind. Just keep going. Just keep going, Adam. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so current events. Uh, there's two today. Um, one is, this will be a quick little thing, but I think there's some important stuff that we can cover with it. Um, this past week, um, Mitch is. McConnell um, was giving a, de- a debrief to the press. Um, and during that debrief, uh, he froze and just stopped saying what he was saying. It looked like he was having some sort of medical episode. Um, according to at least what Newsweek here says, I actually watched the clip from it and sure enough, it does kind of look like it's a medical episode of some sort. Um, his staff comes up to him and says, Hey, do you have more to say to the press or do you want to go back to your room? And he just keeps looking glossy eyed and just kind of slowly walks away. Um, you know, there, I feel really bad for those who are older who have some sort of other medical condition, something underlying, or have a medical episode as a result of their age, and I have a lot of compassion for them in that. And that can happen to younger people too. It absolutely can. Uh, and maybe it's a, a, a issue of stress where you just kind of freeze because of you know, underlying stress over the past number of weeks or whatever it is. It happens. It's not exactly, you know, it, it's not exactly unheard of. It's abnormal, but it's not unheard of. And so I have some compassion for Mitch McConnell here. But at the same token. Um, what a lot of people are bringing out as a result of this is, is Mitch McConnell still in a physical condition, a mental condition or mental, a good mental state to be able to continue in his position in politics? And that's a very valid question to be asking. We on the conservative side of politics are constantly berating Joe Biden and those on that side of politics for their lack of good mental state, their lack of ability to. I guess, actually function within their role in a physical, in a feasible manner. And when we have to look at our own side in this and Mitch McConnell has acted a bit strange lately in his politics, some people don't like him as much on the conservative side, but regardless, you know, he's considered on the conservative side. We should still recognize when our own are not functioning well. Um, in this case, Mitch McConnell wasn't functioning well and that that's concerning. Now, again, could this have been a one-off thing? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But regardless even though it is a one-off thing it still happened and we do have to recognize that he's what 81 82
1: 81 years old that's
0: a yeah that's a pretty that's a pretty late stage of life to be in while still in politics especially in the kind of role he is um high up in um, the senate so yeah just some things to consider with that what do you guys think in all of this
1: well, you know how on roller coasters we say you need to be this high to ride? Mm-hmm. I think in government, we should say you can't be this old <laughs> to be in government.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. Lacey?
2: Yeah, or like make a separate... Like job for the people who are older that want to continue working just be like just retire at that point
1: oh yeah with how much they're making just retire you're good
0: you're set for life yeah there was some comment made i think it may have been on newsweek um or maybe it was on a social post i saw i don't exactly remember where i saw this comment but the question was why are older politicians so desirous to stay in their roles? And that's a very valid question. You know, most people want to retire around 70, maybe earlier, maybe a little bit later, depending on who you are. Uh, I know a lot of people who've retired before 70, who've retired around 60. I know some have retired even earlier. I know some who've waited until like 75. You'll see some pastors, say John Piper or John MacArthur, you know, they're not in their fully functional role that they were a number of years ago, but they're still very active. They haven't really truly retired. And so, and they're both around 80. And so, you know, it's different for everybody. But again, majority of people want to retire quite a bit earlier than 80. They want to enjoy their golden years and not have to worry about the stress of work, just enjoy their relationships as, you know, their life does come to an end. But you don't see that with politicians. Politicians just like to keep trucking along as long as they possibly can. And I don't think it's because they like their work all that much. Politics is not exactly a, you know, super enjoyable space to be in so it's clearly something else it's either money or it's maybe it's a, a desire for power they don't want it to get rid of the position that they currently have and it's just they're power hungry and if that's the case you know if it's either that or the finances both are concerning i don't want a, a money hungry politician continuing to pull my tax dollars when they're already well set for retirement they don't need that um, and if they're power hungry, that's obviously concerning because that's not why we voted them in, in the first place. So, Any um, other thoughts from either of you,
1: I'm pulling this up real quick. Uh,
0: so one of the
1: things that you said, um, was talking about how it is very taxing in uh, government. Um, so I pulled up actually a photo cause this is actually a really, really good photo that's ex- to show this. This is a before and after photo of Barack Obama when he got into office and after. I mean, think about it. Eight years. And I mean, just you can see the physical toll that it put on his body in eight years. Um, Much, I would say, um, I don't know, not as wrinkly skin, you know, nicer dark hair, things like that. And then on the right, you see a very um, aged face, um, much more wrinkles and stuff like that, with with quite a bit of gray hair. Um, it is extremely, extremely taxing that we've seen in in a lot of presidencies, and it, I mean, this was just. I know the, the Obama one's always a big one that we've we've pointed to, but I mean, go back and you can actually see a lot of um, presidents the the same way. Um, Presidents, I can spell. (laughs) Um, That that have the same way. I mean, uh, here's one for Bush um, that I can see. Um, There's one of Lincoln, actually. (laughs) That's that's pretty good. Um, uh, Who else? I don't know. Just a lot of a lot of different presidents. You can, and and so I think it's one of those things. Like it doesn't matter who I think is in presidency. I think. Just realizing and understanding just the amount of toll that job puts on the body is I think is important so and commendable
0: yep yeah and even if they're on you know what we would consider the not good side of politics it's it's still a tolling job yes still it still is so no matter what side of politics they're on yeah yeah any other final comments from either of you otherwise we'll move on to the second
2: I think it'd be cool for them, like, to start a mentorship and just mentoring, like, younger politicians. <laughs> they still have the, like, <laughs> authority to, like, mentor, so it still gives them, like, that power if they're hungry for that. Um, and it brings on, like, younger generation of politicians, which I think would be cool.
1: Lacey, are you proposing the deep, dark uh government, but, you know, like, the government behind the government? No. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> She's like, we already have a deep state, so let's make a deeper state. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh. Um no that, that would be that would be an interesting way of doing that. That would be interesting. Um I mean, I know like even at like a lot of local yeah.
1: government um positions, a lot of them do stuff like that afterwards. So I mean, we know um Tom Hooker. For example, um, in Michigan, he was he was a um, state representative, and um, he was also I think in this was it Senate representative? I don't remember.
0: I I don't know. I think it was state
1: senator, yeah, uh, yeah, senator and state representative stuff like that. You know, so he's he's done a lot of things, um, and now a lot of times, um, so a lot of these younger guys who are um, going into politics, um, they're just getting started. Um, he'll he'll come alongside them. He 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 tries to help them, mentor them, um, and stuff like that, which is which is really cool. So,
0: hmm, yeah, yeah. Well, moving on to the next one here. Um, this one's entitled "Electric Vehicles Are Costing Businesses Money," question mark. Um, and that's kind of said tongue in cheek or sarcastically because, um, you know. A lot of businesses and politics particularly have been pushing for electric vehicles for a long time. And they've been, been continuing to push it. But you know, if you drive across the country, what do you see 99% of on the road, you, 99, 99% of all automobiles on the road are gas powered. They're all combustion engines. They're not They're not electric by any means. You've seen electric vehicles rise in popularity. I mean, if you go to California, for example, you see Tesla's literally everywhere. But that's also California. California is also, you know, a lot of people over there have deep pockets, and it's just been highly incentivized over there as well. Do you um, actually know
1: what the top four cars being sold are right now? I don't. Tesla Model Y, 3X, and S. They have secured the top four spots. Worldwide, they are the top sellers, vehicles right now.
0: Um, Worldwide? Worldwide, yes. i don't I'm gonna look up that this number, this is I a new, this Toyota is a newer securing them. this
1: is a newer stat that just uh started happening that I, that I was reading about. Um, pretty sure, yeah, it was like worldwide. I'm pretty sure. Um, Adam's looking it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am because I saw a completely different number the other day. So, and that honestly surprises me because you have buyers all over Asia and Africa as well who are not going to afford Tesla um, by any means, and so those ones um okay I'm trying to find the best kelly blue book i'm gonna go by that this is as of the 17th mm-hmm. yeah i've got that
1: um model wise, at number four they said ram pickup
0: truck silverado yeah ford f-series yeah it's a lot of toyotas gmcs and then yeah the pickup trucks are at the top I don't know. Um, there
1: was there was one that I saw just the an article the other. I mean it was it was like two or three weeks ago now that they had all four were were hitting that. But
0: yeah, About um, twenty five best selling. This one's from car driver. Car. They're very. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yep, Hyundai. A lot of yeah. Okay, a lot of foreign cars. Foreign Toyota,
1: Toyota, Toyota Rams. Tesla Model
0: Three is at eleven yeah yeah they're still up there they're still up there I'm, i wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that but by no
1: it was but yeah I, um, at least the article i saw a week or two ago i wish i saved it had said that it, they, they were securing the top four
0: i wonder if that's with electric vehicles no it that was, was it was just it was all
1: i, I mean interesting I, so i don't know um that was just something that i at least read a couple weeks ago and i mean those type of numbers are always going to shift and change as people are buying and selling and whatnot, as uh, more cars yeah. come to the market and things like that. So um, right, it, it, it's a, always in flux. Um, yeah. But it, it, that being said, they are still very, very highly sold um, vehicles, um, electric cars right now. Um, and as someone who does own one, uh, honestly, I can say I will probably never go back.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyways, anyways. Um, so in regards to the, the current event here, um, there, you know, business has been pushing it. Industry has been pushing it. Politics have been pushing it. And there are some interesting effects that are going on with this. Now it's true that in pushing for something there's always going to be some sort of side effect there's always going to be something that's okay we're going to have to deal with this as a result for example in California right now the power grid is at risk of you know failing because of how many Teslas are on there there's there's a lot of issues with that over there there is the whole environmental thing of okay how are we going to provide enough lithium for this you know is that more costly is that more dangerous to the environment all these questions that come up with it but of course again the other question is okay are people going to buy it right now because you can't you cannot just force something down a society's throat. You just can't do that. That's this has been pretty obvious. And um, in terms of electric vehicles, this is a great example of that. Um, so this is from this is from the, the Microsoft News. Um, this says Ford Motor Company announced it was projected to lose a whopping four point five billion dollars from electric vehicles EVs this year, up from the previous projected loss of three billion. The company released its second quarter financial results on Thursday. The U.S.-based automaker's EV division, called Ford Model E, has lost $1.8 billion so far this year, according to Fortune. The projected $4.5 billion loss is over twice as much as Model E's $2.1 billion loss in 2022. The company recently announced that the pride of its electric F-150 Lightning pickup trucks will be reduced due to cheaper raw battery materials the company the company touted that its low ev prices establishes leadership ahead of industry next generation evs with the ford model e's revenue is up to 39% ford is also expected to produce 600,000 evs per year by 2024 now in terms of the actual loss that they've been making this article is pretty pretty surface level there's not a lot of information in depth uh, information on the finances of ford it's very very it's very possible the amount that they've lost from electric vehicles could be the, purely the production and the marketing of it as in they're taking an upfront cost to make a later profit by putting focus on the EVs it, with the snippet we just heard there's I don't have a guarantee in my mind which one it is I would, however I would guess it's a
1: lot in R&D because company these these a lot of these other companies are just now starting to get into the R&D um with uh trying to understand and get better battery life um and like longer ranges and stuff like that. So many are trying to do that as well as better charging, um faster charging, those types of things. Um, which is why I think again, I am speculating, all of these companies have been making these deals with Tesla to be able to get their the the uh nac charging um, put into the into the uh, their company like their vehicles. Um so Ford Chevy, Toyota, um, GM, actually, just in general, um, they all a lot of them have already made a deal to say, "Hey, we want the charging the, the Tesla charging ports in our vehicles and then also put onto the Tesla net, uh, super uh, supercharging network because right now, the only vehicles that could use the superchargers that Tesla has, which is all over, is a Tesla. Um, because it doesn't like say, Hey, I need to, someone just came into my room. <laughs> um, what it says is that, uh, with the network, when you plug in, it automatically just knows, uh, what account and what card to pull from, uh, based off of the car and your account attached to the car. Um, where, so these other cars, like you can't just go up, try to like swipe your card or something and use it. Um, so they're they've there a lot of them are making these deals to join it. But I know a lot of them have been trying to figure out a lot of what Tesla already figured out through R&D. And I would guess they've probably lost a lot of money in that alone.
0: Yeah, and that's an upfront cost. The other other potential is that in their massive pushing for it, they're not actually making the sales that they're saying they're going to make. Because that's true. Companies true. will do this all the time where, they're, where they will inflate numbers or they'll you know, take one number and mischievously word it in such a way that you know, they say, well, this is a good Apple. number for us. And, and yeah, Apple's, <laughs> Apple is a very good example of that. Um, Apple is a phenomenal example of that. Um, so companies will do that too. And this could very well be uh, an, an indication that Ford is simply not selling like they say that they're mm-hmm. selling. Um, and that's probably true for a lot of other businesses out there. Um, do I think that in down the road, like electric vehicles will take off and this is not going to be an issue for companies? Yeah, I do, because there's a lot of benefits to it. I think there's just a lot of public concern for electric vehicles or rather a, a lack of public need for them um, because, you know, there is the benefit of um, you fill up in two minutes versus having to sit in a charging station for 15 that that is that is a benefit and people do find that as a massive benefit because they're like you know if i'm late to work and i have to get gas like okay that cost me two minutes versus okay now i have to sit at charging station for 15 minutes and some people including myself before i was talking to anthony about how fast some superchargers can go you know you're thinking oh great i have to sit and charge for a couple hours no it's it it is pretty darn quick but people also just don't know that information so it's also a matter of marketing the truth some information about about electric vehicles as well
1: there there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to learn when you do the switch over to to electric um one of the biggest ones like it's a complete mind shift that has to happen because the idea with electric is very similar to the idea of a plane um adam you sh- i'm sure adam you would know this uh when when filling a plane you fill up enough gas or fuel to get to where you need to go with basically a little leftover for emergencies. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar idea with electric. You're not charging as like, Hey, I'm doing a fill up and then I'm just going to keep going until I need to charge again. You're charging based off of what do I need to do that day? So like for me, for home charging, I'm only charging just to be able to go to work, get around. uh, If I be able to go around town, if I need to stuff like that, and get home and that's about all i need to charge for um it's actually not great for the batteries now some of these new ones it's not the, uh, as much of a problem but it's not great for the batteries to actually do a full 100 percent fill um and so it's yeah it's just a it's a whole new mind shift um that you have to do and so it, it's a lot of just public education that i think needs to happen before we can really make that switch and as adam said you look over at California. We are not ready for the shift to happen because it is important that um, the electric grid can handle that type of load.
0: Right. So yeah, there's just public concern, lack of public knowledge. Um, and I, I think personally the biggest thing is public concern because people see, you know, what the lithium ion what the lithium mines do to the environment, which is not great um, at all. And they do see the fact that, hey, we don't have the infrastructure to yet so we're just not going to buy into it until those things happen and unfortunately for businesses like ford they don't really have a lot of influence over those things they can't you know they're not in charge of the electricity companies. they can't say hey we need this kind of grid here and now they don't have that ability they also don't have um you know they're not necessarily in charge of media they can't you know mass distribute information as well as a media source could um, so there is a level of dependency across the whole system to be able to make put the infrastructure in place along with the public education so and I think that could be a large result of you know a loss of finance for a lot of these companies that are jumping into it again, do I think it'll take off down the road? yeah, it will so unfortunately, for a lot of businesses, I think this is a almost necessary risk because mm-hmm. if they continue to stay in just what they're at, then you know, that'll cost them down the road um but other than that like it is it is necessary so
1: Lacey, you got anything
2: no i'm just listening
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh i actually got to talk to a guy from oh shoot i don't remember some big car company um i was at a at a wedding and uh sitting at, at a table with uh someone from a car company and he was talking about how um their company is what they were kind of doing with electric vehicles um and, and a lot of people were asking, like around the table, like, "Are they really here to stay?" That type of thing. And and he basically just said, "In the next couple years, we will not be producing any um, combustion engine vehicles anymore. It will be fully electric." Um, which is interesting because I I even would say that's probably a little too soon that's that's where a lot of hmm. them are
0: headed. Hmm. Yeah. All right, other than that, Anthony,
1: who's our What's sponsor? Our sponsor. Oh, I didn't where is it? I don't know. Our sponsor is Dubby. I normally have a have a, a thing right here. But I was using Dubby <laughs> uh for my for my trip and it was great, guys. Uh I literally, uh, I woke up at, oh, what was it like 4 AM or something like that? Uh, got ready, made a, made a, an energy drink with Debbie, um, and just drank that for the first like hour of my trip. And it was awesome. There's zero sugars, zero calories, no artificial coloring. Um, it is just a bunch of vitamins, some caffeine, um, and, and it, it's just going to give you a lot of great energy as well as you don't get crash, uh, the crash and you don't get like the jittery feeling and stuff. It's wonderful. Um, so basically it was, Hey, boom, get me, get me kind of up going, um, for this drive that I did. And by the time it wore off, I was just basically awake and it wasn't like this, this crash where I needed to, you know, like, Oh my word, I need to like pull over and take a nap. Nope, I was good. and Just was able to keep going. Um, we uh, are able to give you guys a special promo code for 10% off. You should use it. Conserve Christ, C-O-N-S-E-R-V-C-H-R-I-S-T. Go to w.gg use Conserve Christ as a promo code Promo code, and let them know we sent you. Yeah.
0: Wait, Love it. Gotta love it. Moving forward on to our scripture for the day. Our scripture for the day is, guess what? We're continuing in Sermon on the Mount. I announced that earlier. And so today we're going to be Matthew 6, 19 through 24.
1: And we're reading from the, the KJV, right?
0: We we certainly can if I'm you I'm joking. Want. I have ESV up. Oh <laughs> 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 my word. Anyway, so again... It's Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. I'll go ahead and read it, and we'll do some observations from it. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Right. Anthony, I can see there's things in your head. There is. <laughs> there are.
1: <laughs> um, i think there are
0: <laughs> not much with the way with the face that you made with the face that you made after i finished reading it
1: no i i, I just made a face <laughs> oh, okay. um uh, but i mean i can i can talk about it um yeah i i don't know i feel like this scripture is very straightforward but yet at the same time we continue to fail a lot <laughs> um, mm-hmm. we need to have our minds set um, and honestly it goes back to a lot of what we read earlier before in this uh, chapter already um, especially the last um, from uh, 16 to 18 um, as well as um, like 1 through 4 where The whole idea in this is we are trying to live our life the way that Jesus kind of tells us to. Um, We are trying to go about and do it the Jesus way, basically, is what I would say. However, a lot of times we don't want to. We want to do things our way. We want it to be for us. Um, and so (laughs) verses 19 uh, through 20, do not lay yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What's, what's more important? Earthly possessions or heavenly eternal treasures that we, that we can get. It's definitely the heavenly eternal treasures. Um, but when we do things that, uh, like we talked about in the past, where we're fasting and we want people to see it, that's our reward. It's not the eternal things. Um, when we are, um, oh, the example that I, I gave, uh, I think it was last week, where um, there was a, a man who was like giving money to this homeless person and the entire time was trying to like film a selfie um their reward was already given to them in that moment um and so so now because i mean we've been talking about a lot of like rewards through a lot of this this is the rewards that we're talking about it's 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 the heavenly versus the earthly and if you continue to go about the path of trying to make everything about you you're only ever going to have the earthly treasures, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It, d- does that make sense or not? <laughs> it does.
0: Okay. Yeah, it does. Lacey, what thoughts do you have?
2: Um, I recalled Second Corinthians verses four sixteen, and it says so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being re- being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are internal. So it just reminded me of that, and just um, continuing to look forward and um, have hope that God has it in his hands. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great connection. I love that. Good. Um and for me, um twenty-four through twenty-four. Yeah, it's just that verse. Um again, I'll read it. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in Um, It's super simple principle, but has incredible weight, especially in today's world where our attention and those who desire, who have mastership over us, um, or the things that desire to have mastership, if that's a word um, over us, continue to multiply day by day, right? Phone addiction, um, dopamine addiction, uh, Just this incredible hunger for prestige and power within the corporate world, Um, money, relationships, um, the way that people just continue to chase forward for these sorts of things are phenomenal examples of them trying to serve one master. But the issue is a lot of these people are also Christians and they are then having to serve the master, God, and while also being enslaved by these earthly things. And the scripture is very clear. You cannot serve both. You have to choose one or the other. So in choosing Christ and choosing God the Father to be your master, you then realize that you have have to and you also get to let go of all of these masters, lowercase m masters that are over you. Um, and you can't go on living your Christian life at the same time, attempting to serve both. It's not possible you're either going to love one or despise the other. And guess what? In our sinfulness, we are going to be more inclined to love the sin, love the things of this world and begin to despise our heavenly father. And so um, you can't, you can't do both. And, you know, Christ gives one example at the end of this, which is you cannot serve God and money. Um, But nothing in this passage, what I can tell is limiting it to that either. Uh, That is just one of the greatest, if not the greatest example of it, because, you know, that is what happens. People desire to serve money. They want it um, so badly less than they want um, God in their lives. So that's what I have to say. So
1: I was, part of me was wanting to wait till next week to talk about this, but I'm going to real quick talk about it now because <laughs> we've gotten through most of this chapter. Um, and I will, will I'll leave uh, the last portion out until next week. Um, so, doing like some study um, and, and listening to sermons and stuff, um, this, is, this is what I've come up with for this chapter so far. Verses 1 through 4, um, and, I, and I'm looking at my notes, <laughs> so if you're wondering why I'm looking down, um, verses 1 through 4 um, is a selfie generosity versus a selfless generosity. Um, Verses 5 through 15 is a pompous prayer versus a powerful prayer. Um, Verses 16 through 18 is self-righteous religion versus uh, sincere relationship. Verses 19 through 21 um, is a a me-sourced versus God-sourced. And then just verse 24, which is what Adam was just talking about, is is. Um, me the Lord versus God the Lord. Um, and I think the the thing that we need to focus a lot on is is the word Lord. Do you know what the definition of Lord is, Adam or Lacey?
0: Like the biblical definition of it? Yeah. I don't. Lacey. I haven't studied that.
2: No. Like kingship or ownership. I look it up though. I got
0: it right here. Um, So
1: in a very basic way of saying it is the one in control. Who is the one in control? And so verse 24 Mm -hmm. is that whole idea of, am I the Lord of my life or is God the Lord of our life? See the one who's in control. Um, And through a lot of this, um, man um this is kind of getting into into next week, but I'm okay with that. Um, the the original lie that that was that was given um broken down and i think I think um there there's of some very strong. Um, correlation to things that we're seeing in in today's world, um, when broken down, and and that we're seeing a lot of. Um, but breaking breaking apart the original lie is is saying that something is wrong with you. You are not right. You are not enough, and you don't have what you need to be happy. That is that is the lie that, that the devil or Satan tells us, essentially. Take about just about any, any big problem going on today. And that's that's what I think is at the root of a lot of it. Saying that something's wrong with you. You're not enough, or you're not right. You're not enough, and you don't have... What you need to be happy, um, and and just kind of like when I was I was going through that, it just kind of like broke me. <laughs> um, just thinking about a lot of what's going on, um, in this world, um, especially a lot in in the LGBTQ, because I see it very prominently there. Um, and 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 I, and I see the devil working in in its. The 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 two that hit me the most is the you're not enough and you don't have what you need to be happy because I mean you can clearly see that so prominently and I think that's why we see the the suicide rates in that particular group higher than any other group that we've ever seen in history higher than than um slave uh, slaves during slavery higher than holocaust uh, Jews in the Holocaust things like that and and I we just see it so prominently happening today around us that it it just breaks me um and I think we can see a lot of that here just in scripture through all of this um, you know it, it, it I don't know it just kind of has, has been something that's been just breaking at me just going through chapter six is just how much we can see all of this happening in in today's culture
0: good stuff good stuff yeah i like that a lot of deep things to consider in light of all of it so good stuff any other final thoughts between the both of you Lacey. Cool well, beans. I'm good. Okay. Cool well, beans. Well, we're gonna round off today's podcast, and this likely will end up being a pretty short topic because it's I think Anthony and I are gonna be very much on the same page with this. I think Lacey and I'm be on the same page. I think Anthony and Lacey are gonna be on the same page. So kind of quickly broach what this is. Um the topic is communication and ministry. Um communication and ministry is stereotypically um a an issue Um, a lot of people in ministry are not great at communication Um, they're not a lot of people a lot of volunteer what
1: oh you just went for the jugular to almost just about every church out there i
0: i I did i absolutely did um but it is stereotypically it is there are churches that don't fit the bill um who would have great communication name but one I, <laughs> I i haven't been in enough churches <laughs> to be able to understand how great the communication is i just know from every person i've ever talked to um and my experiences in all churches all over the place that communication is just not not great non-existent anyways <laughs> Yeah. So, and part of that is the result of the fact that a lot of churches are very volunteer run. Um, A lot of, a lot of the actions are, um, a lot of what's going on in there is, I mean, it's churches are nonprofits, um, and people within ministry tend to think, well, I don't have to get this right now because it's not like me waiting an extra day is going to have that big of an effect. Um, and you know, On a technical sense, yeah, okay. If you have somebody reach out to you about something and it's not like, oh, I have to get this done tomorrow. It's not like, you know, it's that much of a concern. But the issue is, is that attitude continues into every other aspect of the ministry. And the fact that volunteers are running it, they don't recognize that they're not just volunteering for a random organization. They're volunteering for the kingdom. And um, staff members within, uh, within churches, um, take on a lot of extra burden. It makes it harder for them to communicate. And then, um, every, with everything going on, you add on the typical attitude of all oh, this can wait." To the "oh, I'm in church." It's not like I'm having money, a monetary issue. A, a monetary issue. And you add on the the stresses of ministry and how many people are trying to contact ministers. And then you add on the fact that um, you know they're not paid well. And you continue to pile on all of these reasons. Communication just becomes non-existent. Um, and I think. Ultimately, out of all of them, the biggest one is that we have the attitude that, oh, it's ministry. It can wait. It's not that big of a deal. Money isn't at stake. Relationships aren't at stake. I'll just wait. I'll put it off. We can worry about it later. And I want to target that attitude specifically because every other thing I listed, are, those, are, those are things that, okay, we can consider those. One being they're, they're not paid enough. Um, for all of the stress that is on them. Ministers, especially when they're in larger churches, they have 13 million people trying to contact them 24-7. It's a little difficult to get to all of those things. And when you add on all that communication on top of all of the events and ministries that they're running, it can be really difficult for one person to try to try to handle. Um, and then it becomes the issue, do you hire on more staff? Well, that adds another communication layer. And then you have all these other problems. So those are very those those have to do with feasibility and viability like that that kind of the unfortunate reality of ministry is, is those things aren't going to go away but the attitude of this can wait this can go later money is at, is at stake i think is in many senses inexcusable for one big reason yes finances are not at stake but there are souls at stake and there is this the spiritual health of your congregation that's at stake and arguably those things are infinitely more valuable than any amount of money. You walk into a business scenario, they're under the exact same stresses of people in ministry. They have million tons of people, not millions, they have tons of people that they're talking to. They have tons of stresses and projects that they're working on, but yet they remain highly communicative. Why? Because money is at stake for them. They realize that the success of their business is at stake for them. Money is that big driver. But then you go to ministry where they have the exact same stresses and sort of scenario when you know the spiritual health and soul winning is at stake, and yet they say, "Oh, whatever, I can wait. It can go for later." I have a problem with that because, again, the 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 reward and the what's at stake for those in ministry is infinitely higher, infinitely more important than any sort of monetary gain that any business could have. Um, now, I don't say all of that just to completely rip on ministers and whatnot, because I'd be ripping on myself. I'm in ministry. I'm going into missions. Um, I've seen how sometimes communication plays out and I understand that it's not always the minister's fault. Um, and I understand that a lot of it is extenuating circumstances or what, what have you, but I think it's just an issue of the attitude. There are a lot of people out there who look at church purely as a volunteer organization and they treat it with that kind of, uh, with that kind of significance when it should be held at a much higher level. Anyways, I've said my spiel, Anthony, Lacey, what do you think? Lacey, I'll let you go you first. Add ad, takeaway.
2: You'll let me go first? Yep. Oh, boy.
0: Also, I um, I went to you. It, you've
1: been frozen this entire time, and now I just see you on like your phone.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm literally just staring at my hand. <laughs> oh. <Ow. laughs> um, no, I don't work in ministry, so I don't have a lot of qualms with that. Um, I do know that my husband had... I mean, there's communications issues across, like, my friends in the church. Um, but I think most of the time for our church, they get resolved pretty well. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot to say on this subject because <laughs> of the fact that I don't work you can, in
1: church. You can um, talk about the importance of communication, though, and how it affects you as a congregant.
2: Yeah, I think it's important. <laughs> I think it... Um, <laughs> No, I think I think as a as a congregationist, is that what it's called?
1: A congregant.
2: <laughs> yes, I think as a congregant, um, going to church and seeing, uh, like the pastors and the leadership being confident and comfortable with where they're at, impacts everybody else around them. And I think you can definitely tell when communication's off because like certain people just. Uh, Like, there's not a flow or consistency to the day, like to the Sunday, if communication's off. So, you can definitely see that as a congregant. Nice. That's all I have to say.
1: Anthony? (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) My goodness, communication guys, get your act together. My goodness, it's not that hard. Just communicate. That's all you got to do. Like, I get really upset working in the church when it's like, we feel that it's only important that certain people, especially on staff, this is more, I would say, on staff level, like only certain staff members need to know whatever. Um, And not all the time is it... Um like a purposeful, like trying to sabotage type of thing. Um, There, there, so there are times that like, they honestly genuinely think that they're helping by not communicating. Um, That's never the case. I feel like Um, for an example, um, at one of the churches I've worked, I'm not going to say which one (laughs) I found out about an event the Sunday we announced it to the church that we were going to be putting on this event in two months. That's a problem because it takes me and like our team three to four months to truly and properly plan that size of an event. And we found out the Sunday that they were telling the congregation. It's things like that, um, that matter along with that, like, Coming just from a production standpoint, um, if you don't get your production people involved as soon as possible, they can't help you. And we end up looking like the terrible bad guys all the time because of this. So imagine if Adam or Lacey decided to come to me for the podcast and say five minutes before, hey. I want this brand new video put in. Well, I don't have time to get that into the system. So I have to say I can't do that. Now, I look like the bad guy saying you we can't do it. Um, but if Adam or Lacey was like, hey, there's this video I want to put in. Um, and it was like, I don't know, like two, three days before. Absolutely. Yep. Let's get it in. That's cool. I like the idea. Um, and so just, just from like, again, from the production standpoint, we get kind of labeled as the, the fun killers, um, the, the people who just don't want to play nice, play ball when that's not the case. It just, it always tends to come down to, well, did you communicate with us? Um, and, and it's just, a it's, it's a problem that I see in just about every church where they just won't communicate. Um, I, and, and personally, I just don't see, I don't see how not communicating just isn't going to help. Everything's going to get better Mm -hmm. if you just communicate, uh, things are going to get done. Things are going to be done better. You're not, you're not in this mode of, um, good enough. You're, you're in the mode of let's do this and do it Right. Um, so whatever you do, if you're in ministry, communicate. Stop making this a problem. <laughs> I have to deal with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Adding on to what you said about making, in in this case, you the bad guy. I don't know. It's interesting. I haven't I don't think I've seen this attitude directly in churches before or in the churches I've worked in, but um, I can see it happening where I, I can envision it happening where a minister comes to you and says, hey, I want this event to happen with this and this and this, right? Say it is to the tech team to, yep. to fall in line with, with Anthony's position, right? I want this and this and this to happen. And they say, and you come and, and say, say, they say this is Anthony. And Anthony says, I can't do that. Feasibly, this is impossible. I cannot, you know, put this set up in this amount of time. This doesn't work. And they say, well, this is for ministry. You can pull it together, can't you? And then it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Why don't you communicate to me earlier? This is ministry. Shouldn't you shouldn't you communicate to me earlier? You know, it, it, it puts people in such an awkward position or, or, you know, here's a different one. Say, you know, someone wants to create this event and this could be somebody on staff. This could be a congregate in the church. Mm-hmm. Say, I have this wonderful idea. It could be a longtime volunteer, somebody who's in an unpaid position. Doesn't matter. Who says, hey, I want this event to happen. I want this to happen. And the church says, okay, this isn't a week. You know, this is going to be really hard to pull off, but we'll try it. We'll we'll try it. You're not asking for a lot. We don't there's nothing blocking it off on our schedule. We don't have an issue with it. We'll we'll give it a shot. The person comes and they put on this event and they come come to the church and complain, "Why didn't you market this more? I had no volunteers. I had none of this." And suddenly everybody on the church in the church looks really bad because they didn't provide enough um volunteers suddenly this this person who's putting on this event is is shaming all the congregants. Why didn't you come volunteer? And it's like, well, you didn't communicate to us in time. It's not our fault. It's ultimately your fault because you didn't communicate to us. So I know you're trying to make us look, that, look like the bad guy. And, you know, we really, if we're going to try to place the title of bad guy, it's going to be you. But we also can't do that because if we did that, you'd be like, well, I was trying to put on an event and do something for the Lord. Yeah, absolutely you were. And we're not calling that the bad thing. It's just you're treating everybody terribly for a mistake that you made. It it so. even
1: goes further than that. Because so imagine this. Um, hey, we same thing. I want to put on this event or I wanna make this do so whatever. We wanna put on this event. And we have to say, well, we can't because there's not enough time. Um th- what ends up happening that I've I've seen a lot is it now becomes this repetitive cycle of them now almost like hurt because we had to say no to them. And so now they've, they'll have they withdraw themselves from communication even further where they won't, you know, the next event. They have um, almost a problem of say, trying to come to us and say, hey, like, we want to do this. And so they don't come to us, and then we end up having to say it again. Well, now they're hurt again. And they're hurt again and they're hurt again until there's a point where they just refuse to even communicate anymore because we are quote unquote, the ones who won't play ball. That can happen very, very easily. And it's, and it happens subconsciously at times. Um, and it's one of those things that we, especially in the church, really need to break that habit of. I've seen it too many times personally. <laughs> mm-hmm
0: yeah yep an agreement there So, bottom line for those listening i think there is one very clear application if we were to if we were to give this an application communicate often and ahead of time it it needs to happen it absolutely needs to happen and go love on your production team a
1: little more they need it
0: (laughs) (laughs) they do this is true um they but,
1: spend all their days in the dark corners of the church trying to put keep everything together <laughs> yep
0: yeah, they're just they're, <laughs> they're like spider-man um in the in spider-man homecoming trying to hold the boat together like stay with me
1: <laughs>
0: exactly um but there may be moments in ministry where you know Something pops up last minute and there is nothing wrong with trying to put something through last minute. It happens. It's not necessarily abnormal in any circumstance. I'm, it happens with businesses as well. You know, something last minute pops up and it has to be taken care of. So one of, the, know, I'm one not of saying, the biggest oh, ones is a funeral
1: because you can't plan those. Oh, yeah. Those happen all the time. Yeah, y- y- we, we Well, I mean, you know. could plan them, but... Well, Adam. <laughs> we in the church very much understand those things happen. And generally speaking, um, this also just kind of gets into working ahead. You try to work ahead so when those things happen, we can set everything aside. And in that moment we go, We need to be there for them. We need to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And we need to be as effective as possible in the shortest amount of time because we know so like we know through studies if you can absolutely be there for someone during like these hard those type of hard times it's going to have a far bigger impact on your church than just about anything else more than even mm-hmm. more than even your sunday messages <laughs> <laughs> i know you i know you didn't want to hear it but it but it's the truth and you needed to hear that your Sunday messages will not cause as much of an impact as uh, actively and very successfully working with people during the crisis moments. Funerals are a big one. Uh, We recently, well, recently, a couple weeks ago, um, not weeks, a couple months ago, (laughs) uh, we did a funeral where the fam- like extended family of this of this family was very much um i don't know what what denomination it was i think i know but i don't remember i don't know i'm not going to say <laughs> but the denomination that they were part of was very much if you're not like part of this denomination you're not a christian you're going to hell type of you know that type of thing they showed up to our church reluctantly for this funeral and they, they, to this day, are still talking about how much they felt loved. And, and that they, they never expected the, the amount of love and biblical teachings and stuff that came from our church. And they're still talking about it. And, it's, and news is spreading. We, we've had other funerals and other things come our way because of that family just spreading the word of, oh my word. They came together and they were there for us in this time of crisis. It's huge.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Communication. Do it. You have no excuse. Souls are more important than money. And if man can be driven to be communicative with money, you should be all the more driven to be communicative with souls. So. Don't think about the yeah, ROI. That things-
1: think about the EOI. Or EROI. Eternity
0: That's... on investment. Sorry, EROI. <laughs> what? What is that? So ROI is return ROI on investment. EROI? is, return is, on investment?
1: E-R-O- E-R-O-Y is yep. eternal
0: uh, return on investment. Oh, eternal return on investment. Yes. Think gotcha. about think about the EROI right. more than the ROI. Well, you got it. You said I thought you said EOI at first. Well, I, I did. Like, I, I absolutely did, and why? then I meant
1: EROI.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, anyways. That being said, any final thoughts on anything we talked about today from either of the other two hosts?
1: Lacey.
2: I have nothing.
0: Lacey, you
1: are so talkative today.
2: Sorry. So
0: very talkative. <laughs> we, should, we should create a podcast where well, Lace, not a podcast, where Lacey has to talk. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> we should it absolutely do that. It may or may not be in the works. <laughs> <laughs> do we have Do we have a name Anyways. for that yet? <laughs> Not confirmed. What is it called I'm when, like, for that. oh, the girls like slowly start posting about their boy on Instagram? It's like a. It's called something specific.
1: What it's a Gen Z <laughs> thing? Sorry. Wait, Adams. I don't Gen know Z. what it's
0: called.
2: Oh wait. Oh,
0: I don't. Hey, um. <laughs> i take offense to that
1: you took offense for me calling out your generation
0: yes i take offense for, being, I mean, for identifying with too. them
1: <laughs> adam's like can i self-identify as like a, a boomer
0: oh my word there is what's that called zoomers gen z boomers i do identify i will i will take that i will take up that mantle like gen z's who act like boomers I'll take that mantle up. I'll come okay with that. But <laughs> yeah, Lacey, are you technically Gen Z or no? I don't, I yes. don't actually know how I old you am are. very
2: much Gen Z. <laughs> I was born in okay. 2000.
0: Nice. Y'all are just okay. so young. You're not that much older than this, Anthony. And you know that,
1: but at the same time, it's very different growing ups.
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Anyways, other than that, I've got nothing else either. Uh, we covered some good stuff today. Plenty of ranting, and before good we job, all, we'll get, Lance, we'll get uh, Lacey ranting all over the place.
1: One of these days.
0: One of these days. If it's, if it's a Gen Z ranting, is it Zanting?
2: All right, Lacey, you, you want to pray us out? <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> all right. Dear Jesus, please um, just bless the week and let us remember you and how you are Lord of us and we are not Lord of ourselves. Um, Please bring us to your word this week and to somebody that you want us to interact with. And please just give us guidance and rest and peace and grace. And I pray all of this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 See you next time. I love
1: the little bounce.